Super Talk Mississippi media production. All right, guys, before we do anything else here, let's call this what it is. This is an addendum to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. You're hearing this first because we need to get out in front of that. Anything you hear the rest of the way from Joel and I, Joel T. Coleman, by the way, uh, the rest of the way, you need to refer back to this when it comes to Joe Moorhead and his job status at Mississippi State. Now, about this time, you've seen it, you've heard it, you've read it, that uh, you got, we've got national media chiming in that the, the process of firing Joe Moorhead has begun at Mississippi State, that they're looking into firing him. Personally, I think that is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. All right? There is no process for this. You, it, how does the process get leaked out? That I don't get, but it, it is what it is at this point. I don't see a ro- road back for Joe Moorhead now. I don't see how this kind of information can come from guys like Pete Thamel, from Ross Dellinger, how he can, how those things can be reported, and then we're going to come back a couple days later and say, no, no, Joe Moorhead's still the head coach. I think, my friend, we are going to be covering a coaching search in the next coming days. Well, I'll tell you what. If we're not, what an awkward situation. Yeah. For Joe Moorhead to walk back into this now. You know... This isn't going to be a popular opinion. In some ways, the way this is handled, if he is fired here, I feel bad for Joe. I do. I do, completely. Um, Do I think it's probably the right call if it happens, if it goes down? (laughs) Buddy, you and I have been sitting here saying for months now that we didn't think that there was a long-term end game here with Joe Moore. Like, right. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think you and I are surprised by by this well, happening. But the way it has gone down from he's going to be fired to no, he's coming back. We're going to give him a four-year standing back to the full four years yeah. to no, we may fire him again. Like it's I've never handled. seen anything like this, and it hasn't been very very well handled. And I tried to. To hint at this a little bit, and you'll hear it as you as you listen to the rumblings here in just a, a moment. Um, I know that some national guys have, have reported it at this point, and I'm not trying to say, hey, I know more than national guys. I don't know more than – I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to some folks before the national guys reported it. I've talked to some other folks that, quite frankly, are less informed, but some other folks since, uh, since then, and, I mean – it's absolutely not that you need my stamp of approval, but this isn't some, you know, six pack speak elite dogs whatever rumor. I mean, right. this this is going no, down. It's going down. They're, they're they're talking about this, and with all that said, I just don't know. And you kind of hit on it how Joe Moorhead could come back in to this situation. I and. It's almost to the point now where they might have to just, gosh, Brian, could you end up with a Rick Ray situation where now you just have to fire him and then you don't get who you want to? Well, that's going to be the the biggest concern, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's bad on all ends, is how I would put it. You know, I, like I said, I think Moorhead. You know, you, there, there's no way. How am I trying to put this? Anything you want to do here, I can justify it. You want to keep Moorhead? I can. I can make the argument. Yeah. Want to fire him? I can make the argument. But dragging it out this way, I can't make a lot of arguments for. Um, and it's gonna. You know, there's gonna be a lot of headache now because now you've got 22 recruits that you're gonna have to at least 
you know, offer to let them out of their letter of intent. Now, whoever the new coach will come in will have a chance to re-recruit them and all that. Can I stop you for a second? Yeah, sure. We're talking about this like it's a done deal. It's got to be done, Joel. Well, I I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with what you just said. I fully expect an announcement tomorrow. And and I'm with you. I I expect one. Or today, probably, as you you listen. I'm with you. I don't disagree with you. But as we sit here and record this... Spoiler alert again, I always throw, like to throw out times when I do stuff like this. It's 10.51 p.m. on Thursday night. Right. No one that I'm talking to, and I have been in... I've reached out. I've yeah. reached out. No one has said it's a done deal. That's correct. So, I'll be honest with you. The way this has gone, I, to quote, is it Yogi Berra? It ain't over till it's over. That's true. I don't know if that's Yogi Berra, by the way. I think it is. It is it's Yogi Berra. It's somebody. It is, yeah. Whatever. Until this thing signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm not going to say that it's absolutely done because this has been one heck of a roller coaster ride the last never, heck with that 18 months. Never, whatever it's never been. know anything until it's done. I agree with that. 100%, but, but, but yes, if it if it goes down, state then with the signees, they got a you, lot, you they got, got to offer them a chance to. There's a lot. To I mean, be really, I and, mean, and here's the thing: people, a lot of people want to use that as like a scare tactic, as you know. Oh well, you know, you might lose your recruit. guys. If you have the wrong coach, who you have as the roster doesn't matter. It does not matter. And things have, quite frankly, happened since then. Good, good coaches can take a poor roster and elevate it. A bad coach could take Alabama to the Liberty Bowl. Okay? It's just that simple. So if you don't feel like you got the right guy in charge, you got to make that move. I get that. Um, Here's what I'll say, too. And I, I, I kind of condemn Mississippi State and how this has kind of been handled. But I, I will say this, too. Uh Things change, you know. You and I sit here on this show, and one of your famous sayings, or Brian Haydadisms, whatever, is that you're allowed to watch a game, reevaluate, yes. and have a different opinion. Absolutely. I know this has been handled not all that well, but ever since the Egg Bowl and he's coming back, and yeah, we're going to extend him to the full four years, there has been a season's worth of crap to happen in about two or three weeks yeah. since signing day even. Yeah. With the Garrett and Willie stuff, mm-hmm. which is a, and you'll hear me talk about it again in rumblings, it is a terrible look. Mm-hmm. I don't care that some people fight and practice. You go find me another situation. You can probably count them on one hand in the history of the last hundred years of college football or something. You may not even need but a couple of fingers, if that, to find me where one of the team stars broke the starting quarterback's orbital bone ahead of a postseason game. Right. I just don't. I don't. You can fill me up with any other. That that is a poor reflection on Willie Gay, on Garrett Schrader, and upon those coaches. And at the head of that coaching table sits Joe Moorhead, and it reflects upon him. Right. And there, when there's already questions about how you manage the program, and there's already questions about your preparation, and there's already questions about how you are managing this roster. Are you too soft on them? Are you much of a disciplinarian? Is there fear for you? Are you trying to be their buddy too much? When there's already all these questions and then that happens and then you go out about a week later and you lay the turd that they laid on the field in Nashville. Yeah. I get why You're allowed the, to reevaluate. I get why it, the mood flipped so quick again. I completely understand it. And uh is it kind of a bad look because it's been this ebb and flow in this roller coaster? Yeah, yes. it is, but I, un- I I can see I can see why. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. That especially when you, when you go back to the Egg Bowl and you think that there was some there was a lot of talk that they wanted to see how the team looked in terms of being disciplined and things like that. 
And you got that at the Egg Bowl. I thought the team, you know, they played well. There weren't a lot of dumb penalties. And they played within themselves. They didn't have the, the personal fouls. So I get that. And then you turn around a few weeks later, and then you have these problems. Yes. You're allowed to reevaluate yes. that. Yes, and I had a, a pretty high-ranking source on the totem pole that said not only was the final score being um, evaluating things in the Egg Bowl, kind of like you just said, it was composure. It was, you know, a, a display of the team was in order kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And and yeah, I guess for the Egg Bowl you kind of had that till the end, which celebration penalty? Who gives the, a care the celebration about that? penalty? Whatever, is, is, it was over. Not a, not a problem. Yeah, but then to to a couple weeks later, get what you get in practice and, and things. You can't have you, that. You you cannot have it. So I think it's fair for you and I to say on this program that at some point on Friday we are going to get an email from Mississippi State saying that they have decided to move on from Joe Moorhead. True or false? My guess is yes. Mm-hmm. I maintain, Brian, if we get that email, they need to have the other coach signed. If that's Billy Napier. He mm-hmm. needs, it, well, let's it, talk about Napier for a minute. First off, there's been so much talk about him that he wants to finish out the bowl game. That game is January 6th. Can MSU go four days without a head coach? I mean, I mean that's four days where you can't really tell recruits what's going on. You know, with certainty. The other thing with Napier is this, and I got into it with some people on Twitter, and I understand that coach, some coaches have signed extensions and, and, you know, decided to stick around. But I have never seen... A school release it. They do a release on it. Somebody mentioned Brian Baker. That was reported by some people, but the university never made a release that no. we have extended Brian Baker. No. They had a front page on their website, RagingCajuns.com or whatever it is. This has happened. Yeah. So if he if he does leave, it's not to say that he can't leave now. He still could do it. it the, the buyout's not going to be something that MSU can't afford. But that is a bad look for, for UL. Yeah. Why would he want to make them look bad on his way out the door? I mean, a little inside baseball stuff here. And, I mean, Bill Martin's welcome to text me and correct me on this if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But when we get news on extensions or releases or hires or whatever the case may be. There's been many times where we've heard like the paperwork has to be done like before we can say anything official type stuff. I mean, we, we hear that kind of stuff all the time. These releases generally, at least from my experience and the way I've always understand it, when the school releases it, mm-hmm. signatures are in and it is now, done. That that said... They, I believe UL later updated it saying that it had not been signed. Did they later? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I've never had a school release anything that to doesn't me make any sense. that said, here's a, we're going to extend him, but it hadn't been signed. I've never in and my life that, seen you know, that. They're, they're trying to calm down their fans. Guys, if you're the fan of the University of Louisiana, okay, first off, let me preface my remarks. I'm not, not going to be making fun of anybody here, but I'm just trying to make a general. If you're a fan of a group of five school and you have a hot coach, you know how the world works, right? Nobody is nobody is going to retire after 20 years at Louisiana or Southern Miss or South Alabama or Troy having won 8, 9, 10 games a year. It's never going to happen. Even an alum is going to look to move up at some point. <laughs> so, you know, you, I don't th- I don't buy into that. Could he be the head coach of Mississippi State? Absolutely could. State could just pay the buyout, but it's just an odd look. It just it's weird. I talked to a couple of national media guys, they said the same thing. It's something you rarely see. And by rarely they don't mean once in a, you know, every five or six guys. They mean in a blue moon. 
would you see a coach make that kind of you know statement? The university makes that kind of statement, puts that out, and then turns around three days later and he's gone. It's just a bad look. For, it's a bad look for everybody at that point, yeah. except for Mississippi State. State wouldn't care, but. So I mean, I, I think you, you got whether it's Napier, whether it's you know fill in the blank, coach. I I, I don't want to. I mean, you all at this point, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know some of the usual suspects that get brought up. Whether it's Napier, HUD, whoever, y- you have heard the names. Whoever you have in mind to mm-hmm. replace Joe Moorhead, if you and I get that email today, mm-hmm. there needs to be a that it, it not it needs to be. Solid. Yeah. That you got who you want. You, you, what you don't want. This, here, you want here's your nightmare scenario. You, you got a verbal agreement with Billy Napier. Nothing signed. Nothing's done. And then on Saturday, the New York Giants announced they've hired Matt Rule. And Baylor. Comes and now Baylor's call. open. And they come calling. And now you, at the very worst, you're in a bidding war. You know, they could say, what do, you, what do they offer we can do better? Of course, I mean, you don't know that Baylor would want him either. But he right? would be a candidate for that job. Yeah. So, so take everything with a grain of salt, guys. All right? If you, see, if you see me tweet it, and I don't mean a parody account of me, and if you see Joel tweet it, it's done. Yeah, so tomorrow's yeah. going to be a tough day on those Twitter streets. Be yeah. on the lookout for fake... News. Yeah, and, and look, here's the thing, and I get frustrated by this. I, I, I'm giving y'all some inside baseball knowledge tonight. I get frustrated by this because if I'm going to tweet it or if I'm going to write it, it needs to be very, very... And I'm not accusing anybody else of being flippant with their information. Mm-hmm. It's just that there really is, in the newspaper, business, industry, whatever, there's a little higher burden of proof than putting I'm hearing on a message board. Right. They're just Can't is. put I'm hearing, yeah. I, I've got to know. And, and so I get kind of frustrated sometimes whenever I know that stuff is happening, but I can't really report it because right. nobody will say that it's happening. And uh, that happened all day on on Thursday. And then you get the national reports coming out, mm-hmm. basically Who saying again what we can sort of do knew. what I'm hearing because they don't have to be here every day. All right, a guy like Pete Thamel can re- sort of report if he gets an, enough of a report that he feels confident, he can go with that. Yeah, because he's not going to have to be here if Joe Moorhead keeps his job, and have to look at Joe Moorhead and Joe Moorhead's like, "You're the guy who reported I was fired." Yeah. All right, so it, it, there's just a different standard for that. All right, we would, trust me, Joel and I would love to break this story. We would love to have somebody from Mississippi State send us a text right now that says. It's a, it's official. This is what's happening. I, I promise you, I would I would talk about it, but I can't. Yeah, you know, and like today on Sports Talk Mississippi, and when I, by today I mean Thursday, I had to be sort of flippant about it. And I, I said on the show, I was like, I hate having to talk in code like this, but there's only so much I can do. You know, I can't just come out and 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 tell you anything for sure if I don't know for sure. And I hope that you guys would respect that and appreciate that. You know, we're doing our best here. When there's news, we're going to report it. We'll comment on it, and everything else. Yeah. So, and and I mean, I, I'll be you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. I mean, when when all this came out nationally tonight, sent another text to to Joe Moorhead tonight. Now he may have been sound asleep because it was pushing ten o'clock. hadn't heard from him. Yeah, and and that's unusual for Joe. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It, it's highly unusual to not to not hear from from Joe. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to do my due diligence for for you guys, as as everybody is on this beat. It's not just yeah. me. Uh, 
want to be first, but want to be right. Yeah. And you hear that all the time, and I can't stress yeah. that enough, and that's how we are too. That said, uh, I fully expect us to be talking about uh, Joe Moorhead uh, being officially removed at some point on Friday. I can't, I can't. I mean, I'll say this: if he gets, if he can make it to Saturday, he's probably keeping his job. If look, guys, there's a, and he told us, uh, it may have been a question. I, I can't remember one of us asked a question after the bowl game on Monday. Uh, well, no, I, I'd asked him about Keaton. That's how it began. Yeah, yeah. I asked him about if Keaton was going to uh, explore transfer, his options, yeah. transfer portal, whatever. And uh, I mean, he kind of didn't answer that question at all. He just said that. Next week supposed to be one-on-one meetings with all the players and stuff. Everybody reports Sunday. I think there's supposed to be a team meeting on Sunday. I mean, that was the plan as of after the bowl game, was these guys were supposed to report back on Sunday. And, and to my understanding, there's supposed to be a team meeting that day. If they're going to relieve Joe Moorhead of his duties, I can't imagine they're going to let him run that team meeting on Sunday. Yeah. So, that said, if he is going to be relieved of his duties, I would have to guess it's today or it's Saturday. And I'd have to guess it's got to be in the next 48 hours for sure. And, you know. I I don't, I see Joe Moorhead out the door by this, by this time tomorrow, as as we said, 11 o'clock on on Thursday night. I I see him done before then. I I just don't see any way forward. At this point, it's it's the well has been completely poisoned. Let's paint the other picture. How do you how do you come back and work with with anybody here? Yeah, you know, because somebody at Mississippi State put this information out. You know, it's if 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 one guy has it, maybe he had a source like an agent or something. When multiple guys have it, it came from the university. Simple as that. So, yeah, that it would be difficult. It would be difficult. Maybe you swallow your pride because you like making $3 million a year. I don't know. But right now, I don't see a path forward for Joe Moorhead as the head football coach of Mississippi State. Am I wrong? We'll find out soon enough. We'll see. All right. We're going to switch over now and take you into the actual podcast. We recorded this a little separately, as you can tell. Again, anything we say in there now, just sort of refer back to what we've talked about here. Uh, And then the rest of your questions, they just sort of are what they are. Guys, have a great day. And uh, enjoy the uh, the rumblings. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Everyone needs a little bit of thunder and lightning, gentlemen. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman joining you here on a... What day of the the year is it? January the 3rd as you listen. Okay. January the 2nd as we talk. Uh Well, what day is it? Thursday as we talk. Okay. Friday probably as most of you listen. Nobody, until we get to the actual weekend, nobody knows what day it is. Like after Christmas, everything is just a blur. This time of year, I'm really messed up because with Christmas... 
I'm always a day ahead of time anyway because we always podcast like yeah. it's the next day. I always write like it's the next day. It's really tough for me because there's days like a lot of travel, a lot of days off. My church stuff, not only is God and, you know, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ near and dear to my heart, he keeps my schedule on track. Because if it weren't for like church day Wednesday, church day Sunday, that's like my my tent poles or whatever. That's that's yeah. my that's my marking spot yeah. for what day of the week it is. Well, so like it, yesterday, I spent all day sitting at home watching football. So it feels like Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. You know, and today does not today sort of feels like Monday, to be totally honest with you. And it's like I got I gotta work for two days and then I have another two days off. Maybe we actually have some sporting events like this weekend, like Saturday we have MSU basketball. That maybe that'll reground everything for us. Which by the way, we can talk about this in a minute. Mm-hmm. Talk about a lot tomorrow. Mississippi State plays undefeated Auburn to open SEC play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody's talking well, about it. Well, that's because there's a lot of their stuff going on, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, as the the show progresses. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our podcast at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you're getting a podcast from. We appreciate that. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star review. If you don't, still give us a, give five, us a star five-star review and just murder us in the comments. But do do whatever you want, but make sure it's a five-star review. That's yeah. all we're going to say. Um, I want to thank the, uh, the listeners out there, especially the servicemen and women taking care of us. Thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I see that Strange Brew is now a sponsor of Six Packs Peak Message Board. That's a pretty good investment, I'd say. Ah, uh, you know, if you you know you want to reach some MSU fans, that's that's a, definitely a way to do it. And I kind of feel like I was told that the uh, the proprietor of that message board, uh, Stephen Agostinelli, worked out a deal. They pay him directly in Danish. He gets he gets he gets eight tons of Danish a month. It's a good deal if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know how he's gonna you know survive on just eight tons. Because he is really big. But other than that, you know, he'll be fine. Uh, what <laughs> they, also, they also ship him ice cream daily. I uh, want to thank our other sponsor, College Corner, where he doesn't shop because they don't sell you know in tarp size. I don't know why I'm break, break, busting him up today. Gosh, you are just murdering. I, I'm on a roll, though. Uh, I love my cousin. I love him, too. He yeah. gave me some... Some some props the other day. And That's I right. Nah, he's that. great. I, I, just, I just mess with him. Uh, he's my friend. So you stop talking about my friend. He's my family. Actual blood relative. <laughs> you choose your friends. <laughs> you don't get to choose your family. You know the whole blood is thicker than water thing is actually backwards? Did you know that? Is it? Yeah, like blood is thicker than water, right? So it makes you think that family is more important. Yeah. The actual saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Which means if I make you a promise, I should keep it regardless of what my family thinks. College Corner. CollegeCornerStore.com. <laughs> you get a free philosophy lesson with every purchase. You just call me up and I'll tell you something that you didn't know about He-Man YouTube videos and philosophy and things of that nature. Uh, of course, you can also select from the biggest and best uh, selection of MSU merchandise or any school's merchandise, uh, however that may go. So check them out at, over in uh, Ridgeland. They're by Fleet Feet over at Flowood. They're by the Half Shell, or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. It is uh, a, what is today? Thursday. This is a Friday edition of the Rumblings, our first ever Friday edition. And we gave everybody a caveat on this one. We said, look, if you just want to vent, you can just vent. So we got a few of those as well. So I want to thank all you guys for uh, for tuning in and 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 getting questions in to us. And let's just start right off with, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this word. <laughs> This guy's username, his Twitter handle. I don't know how to pronounce it. Tuchifuncta? Sure. Tuchifuncta. I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. Uh, 
doesn't it seem that the players are against the fans? Is this a Joe thing? Does it seem the players are against the there's fans? Been, there's been some some back and forth on, on Twitter, on social media. Uh, well, to be fair here, at times it seems like the fans are against the players. Th- that's what I was going to get at, was that if you're a player and people are tweeting negatively at you, you're, you're going to respond to that. So, I, 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 yeah, I mean, th- these are 18 to 21-year-old kids for the most part. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if someone is bashing you, you know, you and I have sat here on this program, as many folks that watch Mississippi State this year have done, and bash Stephen Gidry's ability to catch the football. Yes. If someone tweets that to him, and I'm not saying this has happened. I don't know. I hadn't looked at Stephen Gidry's Twitter account. But right. if somebody tweeted something like that at him and he responded, mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Right. You know, I mean, if, if these guys see their names and you're bashing them, yeah, they're on a public stage or whatever, but they're 18 to 21-year-old kids. If you want to talk crap at them, I mean, I feel like they kind of at least have the, the right or... I mean, it's America. If they want to fire back, let them. (laughs) Is it the best look? Probably not. You should have thick skin, I think. But I'm not going to hate on somebody if they're if they're getting dogged on by some someone and they fire back. Just yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Yeah, I don't think it's a we're us against them kind of thing. Yeah, at all. Uh, Nat. Oh no, never mind. No, you know what? I'm going to read it. (laughs) Great show today. All true and very sobering. Thank you, Nat. We appreciate that. I'm counting that as a vent. Hey, we appreciate you know, we, we said we said vent. We should have concluded in there. If you want to praise us, I will gladly be patted on the back. That's yeah. fine. I mean, who doesn't like to be praised? You need a little, a little bit. boost every now and yeah. then. Our friend Hunter Cloud has a question. Hey. Uh at what point is it inexcusable to have a bye week or even more weeks to prepare for a game and still fail to win said game? Maybe after three? After three you should win one. Well, as you're building the resume to uh <laughs> If you want to build a resume to get rid of Joe Moorhead, that's definitely on the list of things. You yeah. got time to prepare, and you just you can't do look, it. look unprepared. Yeah, it, and that's the other. It's, like, it's you know, like one of these games is Alabama this year, right? Yeah, you don't expect you, you, to win. Yeah. But you know, when you see that they give up a lot of points to LSU, which you know again, and Auburn, Auburn is not an offense that scored a ton of points this year. Ole well, Miss is not an offense that scored a ton of points this year, and you can't give it seven. That's 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 an indictment. What's what's the because it's five, right? There's five games right. after either that after either yes. a bye week or a bowl. Yeah. So it's Iowa, it's Louisville, it's Bama, mm-hmm. Auburn. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? It's not. It's not Auburn. It's Tennessee. It's Tennessee. Um, yeah. It's um, yeah. So what's the LSU other? last year? Okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel T. Coleman wants. No, you're not Joel. You're Joel T. Coleman. See, I'm telling you, everything's throwing me off. Rob Hadaway wants to know. He just pet you first, and so I, I read that. What is the appropriate response to idiots who try to claim that Moorhead's offense is worse than Crooms? It's getting there. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you choke yourself with your maroon is all that matters yeah. shirt, you idiots? Yeah, it, it's not at that level. It's not. Crooms' offense couldn't score on FCS teams. Never scored more than forty points in a game. I feel like comparatively speaking, though, because there is more offense in college football today, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, than there was 15 years ago? I mean, I'd have to look, but, but it seems making like a it. generality, sure. So relatively speaking, when it comes to yardage and points, I mean, it may be closer than anybody wants to admit. I don't, I don't want to say that because I haven't. I don't have that statistically backed up. Well, I mean, up, let's but. just look at a 
let's just look at it like this. I don't think the 2019 has been updated on my good friend Jay Howell's website. Let me see if it has. No, so 2018. So last year they scored 371 points in, in 13 games. Okay? Croom's uh, years, 173, 153. So that's uh, six. That's 326 in two years. Just, just to make a point there. 221, 279, 183. So he had three years where they scored less than 200 points. Yeah. He never scored more than 280 points in a year. So, yeah, not even close. Not really close for me. Uh, Judd Jud, Jud Judkins says, or asks, why does it seem like every game there is one or two drives where everything on offense works and we easily drive down the field and score, only for the rest of the game to look totally incompetent? And what's the most interesting about that, Judd, to me, is that normally that would be like the first drive. Everything's scripted. and you know, But State, as we know, has had terrible first drives this year. It's, it, he's right, though. There's usually some drive in the middle of the game where it all c- comes together. And then you never get back to it. Well, you had that against Louisville. Yeah. You had a 99-yard drive. Yeah. And, and granted, some of that, I don't want to say There were two penalties. Luck. There were two First penalties. Panels. And I don't want to say it was luck, but Tommy had the third and whatever scramble. Yeah, but I mean, from, that's, and I, I mean, that's, that's, making that's, that's making a play. I'll give him that. It's making a play, but I, I don't want to necessarily credit that to play calling. Tommy just made a play. He made something out of nothing there and got you a first down, kept the drive alive. That happens on football. Mm-hmm. The drive then continued. Got a couple penalties, whatever, but mm-hmm. they got in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, you drive ninety nine yards, and I don't care if you get a couple penalties to help you out. I mean, that's it's pretty good. But then you look at the end of the game, and that's like what a, a third of your offense was that drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of that pathetic. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, this is a good. It's a good question. That I don't really have the answer to, but it, it does seem like that. I'll be honest. With you, there was a drive in the in the. Uh, there was another drive in that game. The uh, the one where they scored to make it thirty one twenty one. They hit three or four, five passes in a row, something like that. They look great, and they came out on the next drive and just started went back to the running game. Yeah. So Gidry, speaking of him, he had a couple plays on that drive, right? He did. He had the touchdown he on the that touchdown, drive. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. All right, uh, where are we here? Who will have a better stat line in the pitching rotation, Sarantola or McLeod? This is from Peyton Neely. Ah. Uh. I tend to lean towards McLeod, and I say that because, to me, all I really have to go on with McLeod is what I'm told by Chris Lamonis and and people that have seen him and the players that have seen him and things. And, and if any of you haven't seen it, I, I had did a pretty extensive Q&A on this upcoming season with Chris Lamonis back a week ago. You can find that on StartfulDailyNews.com. I had some friends tell me that was a very informative interview. Well, I'm glad they found that to be the case. That was my hope. Um, but he talked about McLeod a good bit in that interview, and you know he was saying that he would have almost assuredly been the number three starter last year had he not fell victim to illness right. and things and missed the year. Um, he talked about McLeod as though like he's almost a certainty. Like He, he didn't seem to have much question about McLeod and, and what he will contribute. And I, I believe, as we talked about Eric Sarantola in that interview, he called him kind of the wild card, kind of like you just don't know what you're going to get kind mm-hmm. of deal. And he said long-term, he's not worried about Sarantola. Great stuff and that whole nine yards. But I kind of got the impression that he is more confident in the consistency and production that he'll get out of Christian McLeod. So I'll stick with what I perceive to be Lamonis's opinion, and that being that I think Christian McLeod is the safer bet to have a bigger year. That's interesting. I think that... Yeah, basically, you're correct. I think that 
the floor is lower from McLeod and the ceiling is higher for Sarantola. That could be the case because, I mean, if Sarantola harnesses his his command and uh, you got a guy throwing mid to upper 90s and spotting stuff, and I mean, he, he's got the stuff to be a legit first-round guy if it all clicks. But, I mean, how many guys have you seen throughout the course of watching baseball that had stuff but just never really harnessed it, and it just kind of drove you insane a little bit. Brandon Woodruff was a guy that had all kind of stuff at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, been Bracewell too. Now, now you see it. Yeah, uh, in the big leagues. Uh, yeah, Br- Bracewell. I don't know. I thought Bracewell had a pretty solid. It's okay, career. but he, I think he was a little more highly recruited than um, than he delivered on. Good player though. So anyway, yeah. I mean, you, you've seen it through the years. Just guys that have the stuff that just never quite get the command or the control that they need to to be the dominant. Yeah, another guy that in, at Mississippi State that had all the – maybe this is a good comparison for Sarantola. Tell me if you agree, and this is just off the, off the hip, but Evan Mitchell, guy that just could hum it and had some good stuff but just was – yeah, he may have had a good outing here or there, but was so inconsistent. You just couldn't rely yeah, on him. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And uh, Sarantola has to avoid the Evan Mitchell – plague i guess yeah. a little bit and become a guy that state just when they put him out there they know you know not that you're always going to have your a stuff but he can at least keep you in the game because there were some times that his control was such that you just couldn't leave him out there okay. so we'll see if that happens this year i, I think mcleod's a safer bet of the two okay uh let's see here graham yateman wants to know louisville had an interesting strategy of getting the ball in their best playmakers hands in different ways would you like to see joe employ this strategy it seems risky well here's the thing who's state's best playmaker Kylan Hill. And he got banged up on the first play of the game. Yeah. So already. But even prior to that, though. Oh, that's fair. I mean, if you want to look big picture. Yeah. I've been thinking about something. Kylan got a lot of touches this year. I've been thinking about something for the past few days. I've I've been thinking about it a lot. You know, we've talked about Moorhead's offense and his comment that, you know, he doesn't like to change personnel groupings, right? He wants to go one back, three wide, one tight end, right? His thinking is that if you change your personnel groupings, defensive coordinators can pick up on tendencies. And honestly, at a 10,000-foot view, that makes a lot of sense, right? But let me ask you this. Who is a better football player, Nick Gibson or any of State's wide receivers? I'd go Nick Gibson. Right. So how are we not? How are you not making that decision? How are you not saying, look, we need to run some two-back and get Gibson out there on the field at the same time as Kylan Hill? Because he's better than Gidry, Mitchell, Thomas, Williams, whoever. He's better. It's just not in the Moorhead offensive system, well, and you'd rather, you'd rather an lose your rather own lose way your than own win way. somebody else's. I you mean, how many it. times have we said it? You said Stub- it. Stubbornness. You said it. All right. And that, look, that's not just a Joe Moorhead problem. That's a college football coach. Not, oh, yeah. not every college You're football right. coach. Some are, some will adjust and adapt and do things differently. But I agree. I, there have been a lot of football coaches through the years that have been bit in the butt, and their careers weren't what they could have been because of stubbornness. I agree. So we'll see if Joe Moorhead adjusts or – has the opportunity to adjust. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Dom wants to know, is this for just for you? Ooh. What recommendations do you have for a disgruntled MSU football fan? What can we do that's constructive as the clock runs out on Joe Moorhead? Mm. Why, why doesn't he want my opinion? I don't know. That's constructive? Yeah. Put all your energy into baseball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's constructive. You're not getting anything done there. I guess something constructive is you can just, uh, for, you know, put the phone down, put Twitter out your mind, 
get away from social media and six pack speak and six packs peak and twenty four seven and all the news outlets and all the Twitter. Throw your phone down. And I don't know if, if you're a married man or whatever, but uh, if you're a married man, good time to work on that honeydew list. Yeah. Just just make your wife smile. Make your family smile. That'd be my suggestion if you're a married man. If you're not, then, I don't know, find something else constructive to do with your time. Go pump some iron. Go, go for a run. All right. There you go. Mangum Stats has our first uh, vent just says all of the other bowl games have been depressing because the offensive scheme and strategy works and moves the football. I get that. I've gotten that from some people. Like I just don't even want to watch football right now. It's just so it's just frustrating. Uh, Brandon Maskew. It is like Mississippi State football right now is just waiting on the other shoe yeah. to drop a little I bit. I, I want to. Uh, I think it was Steve that said this. I listened to the last few moments of his podcast the other day. See, guys, you can listen to them all and love us all. It's fine. Um, But if you can only listen to one. But if you can only listen to one, this is darn sure the one. Uh, But he had mentioned, and he's right, that back in the mid-2010s with with Mullen and things, State went into most games thinking, you know, we at least got a puncher's chance here. This team now went to Arkansas this past year as crappy as they are, and a lot of folks expected State to lose that game. Yeah. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about how the mentality around State football has kind of changed. You went from thinking, oh, we're playing Alabama, we might, we'll probably lose, but if this, this, and this happens, we got a chance. You went from that to we're playing maybe the worst SEC team in years, and we're probably going to lose. Yeah. I mean, that, that happened in a span of, Couple years, yeah. I mean, it, it has eh, not great. I agree. Brandon Maskew would like to ask you. <laughs> I got it right when he was taking a sip. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. Okay, go. Let's talk go. baseball. All right. Over under on Justin Foscue hitting twenty bombs this year. Twenty's a lot. How many lot. did he have last year? Fifteen, sixteen. Are oh, you supposed to know that off the top of your head, John? Oh, Come I don't on. remember stats off the top of my head. Unless it's something like record-breaking, then I might. Uh, I bet he has the most home runs for any second baseman at MSU. Over, under. I'm going to say under, but he could hit 20. If you made me put money on it, he I had would, 14 last I year. would go under. Yeah, because you could have 18, and that's a huge year. Yeah. I would say under, but it would be interesting. J.R. King wants to know our honest opinion about fans who say you should never criticize the coaches or players. I think you can. You got. I mean, you pay your money or you watch or whatever. You can say what you want. Do you, do you want to know my honest opinion on people who say that? Yeah. They're dumb. <laughs> They're stupid. <laughs> They're ignorant. If, if you can't criticize coaching, who can you criticize? In this life, who can I criticize? Can I criticize, you know, anybody? I need to know the parameters for, criti- for critical for criticism. Yeah. Who can I not criticize? Why can I not criticize coaches? They make millions of dollars. Here's where I do think that I think that anybody can be criticized, particularly the guys making millions, like you say. Um, I think it's crazy when when fan when fans become so critical that they begin hoping for their school to lose. I think that's stupid. You and I talked about this going into the Egg Bowl, right? I still maintain, and other people out there may completely disagree. That anyone that claims to be a state fan and went into the Egg Bowl hoping you would lose, mm-hmm. I just think that's ignorance. Like, right. I think you just got to plan to win and let the chips fall where they may from there. 
And I, I get the other side of that coin. I know why some people hope that State would lose that game because they thought big picture-wise maybe that would be best. But I just – I don't know. Maybe it is the little bit of the, the sunshine pumper optimist wants to win everything in me, but I just don't get that. Whenever you become so critical that you're like, oh, I don't like this coach or that player or whatever so much that I just hope they lose, mm-hmm. I think you've kind of gone a little too far at that point. But wait, if you want to say play calling stupid, this is stupid, that's stupid, I think you got a right to do that. Yeah. I mean – you are allowed to criticize, especially – I don't care if you buy tickets or whatever. You're allowed to criticize. But that said, if uh, you want to criticize, you have – if you, and you are a, a ticket holder, you definitely have the right to criticize, right? Yeah. You know, don't ever let anybody tell you you're not allowed to, to criticize. Those people are wrong. What do you think about this? Here comes a Joel T. Romlin's question. People that, like, mention Moorhead and then in their tweets, like, at – Ball coach Joe Mo, yeah, you suck. Yeah, you you cool with that? I, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think it's a little lame, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think Moorhead's like looking at it and going, "Oh God." Here's my th- here's my thing with it. If you would walk up to him in Chick Fil A and say that, yeah, then it's fine. Yeah, and if you're being a keyboard cowboy that wouldn't do it if it wouldn't, Twitter. are you humuckle? <laughs> we found him. I found him, everybody. <laughs> Uh, I got some things to say to you and your punk junk. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I feel like if you would say it to their face, yeah. it's okay to tweet it. And if you wouldn't, yeah. it ain't. That's just my opinion. A lot of fans who would tweet that stuff at Moorhead if they saw him in public would like kind of get a picture. Yeah. So, uh, Austin Max says, outside of Joe, what coaches would you consider safe from the chopping block? Or we may hear, see significant layoffs. I don't I would, think that I think Joe... Vic Schaefer is pretty safe. Vic Schaefer's probably not going anywhere. Chris Lamonis. Is oh, are safe. we talking other sports? I here? don't know what he's talking about. I'm just saying, for football, nobody's safe, and that includes the head guy. Yeah, and Shoop is not completely safe. They can make that move. They could justify it. Nobody's going in a, in a situation where everybody's unhappy. Nobody is safe. Yeah, and and literally, I I, I want to to stress this in that football building right now. Not a single soul is safe right now. Yeah, that's fair. That is, that I, I'm not saying anybody over there is getting canned, uh, but I don't think that there's a single soul over there that right now, as we record this show, and it's 1.46 p.m. on Thursday, January the 2nd. Right now, today, I can't sit here based on... And I've, I've had a few conversations. I've been on the phone all morning with some folks that know more than others and some folks that just want to know and some folks that actually know um, some stuff. And look, there's a there not a single soul over there that was on the sidelines coaching Mississippi State in the ballgame at Louisville from, from Moorhead on down. I can't guarantee you today that any of them will be back. Yeah, it's as simple as that. <laughs> and so there... There is at least a little bit of a fire to some of the smoke that you have seen. Yeah. Trey Robinson, who scores more points, Sly Croom 2008 or Joe Moe 2019? We didn't we just have this discussion? It's 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 Moorhead. Yeah. Uh, Jason Neal Galt says, when pounding sand or kicking rocks, what's the best technique? I've never pounded sand. I have kicked rocks. I would say get away from your car. Yeah. Uh, get away from your children. Um Make sure that uh, if anyone is in front of you, that they have protective eyewear 
Uh, you, yeah, you, you, you do not want any pebbles in your retina. No. Anything like that? In your retina, that man said. <laughs> uh, how does uh, Schrader take leadership of the team after getting KO'd by a teammate? This is a question a lot of people have asked. Like, how does Garrett Schrader come out and, and lead his team when somebody on the team got mad enough at him to punch him in the eye? We haven't delved too far down this no, fight. No, we haven't had a chance to. Hole. I know everybody from like former players on down have tweeted this stuff happens at practice all the time. Guys, mm-hmm. Linebackers do not knock their starting quarterback out of a bowl game by hurting their orbital bone and jacking them in the jaw. Right. And, and they that does There's not certain, happen the, often. The end result of this fight made it unique. Yes. Fights happen all the time. Fights happen. Quarterbacks don't miss games because their linebacker punched them out all the time. Yes. Yes. If Willie Gay wanted to Roman Reigns spear Garrett Schrader and get him on the ground and, you know, put the sharpshooter on him, I'm cool with that. Whatever. But you can't just jack your quarterback in the face. And I don't care. And, again, I I don't know who's to blame. I think they're both to blame. You know, was Garrett running his mouth? I don't know. Probably. Um, Did Willie have a right to, to, to hit him? I don't know. Probably. Who knows for sure. I have no problem with the two having some, you know, whatever measuring contest. I don't care. But you just can't break the dude's face. I mean, you want to put the figure four on him and woo and get up and strut? That's fine. I don't care about that. But you, how stupid do you got to be? And and look, again, fights happen in practice. But if you see things as a coach escalating to that point, how do you not separate the two and keep them apart and say, see you boys tomorrow kind of thing? Like, do not even allow that to become a possibility where somebody's something may get broken. And I just think that, yeah, fights happen in practice, but that is just such a bad look, and it just is indicative of where this program is right now. I agree. And I don't know. I Something... Something's got to change over there. And it may be the people that are already there. Maybe they can change it. But if not, boy, howdy. Just the perception of this program right now is crap. It's not good. It's not good. Brian McDuff has a a statement he wants to make. Joe Moorhead will be our coach next year. Eat Arby's. Fair enough. I like Arby's. Arby's is good. That, That I'm confident in. Yeah. As we sit here... This afternoon, I'm not as confident in the other. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but yeah. I maintain. Keep, yeah. your, keep your eyes and ears open. I'm not making any reporting anything, but I'm just saying you, you might want to refresh your Twitter every now and then just to, just to check. All right. Uh, J.R. King again. I recently became a hockey fan after watching Team USA complete in the, compete in the IHL Junior League. Now I'm looking for to adopt an NHL team to call to call my own. What criteria should I use to pick said team? Uh, well, if you're an MSU fan, what I I would go the same way I went with uh, picking an EPL team. Don't pick a loser. Don't you know? Don't be afraid to be a bandwagon guy here. Pick one of the top five teams and go with it. Um, and then, honestly, I would pick one that you feel like you can reasonably attend a game if you really want to get into it. So Dallas, uh, St. Louis, not that far away. I'm assuming you live in Mississippi. If you pick St. Louis, though, you're going to be accused of being a bandwagon guy. Yeah, they did just win the cup, but yeah. still, uh, Charlotte, you know, the Carolina, maybe one of the Florida teams. You know, I'd go it. with Dallas just so me and Horka could bond. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's a good thing. Find if you got a friend that's a fan of a team. That's what I did with Chelsea. 
You know, I picked because Robbie Donna, who was a fan, I was like, I want to have somebody to talk about it with. So those are some things I would look at. Uh, and, and also, you said you, you watch Team USA compete. If they have, if their star player is on a team, maybe that's a, that's another you know good way to go. Uh, Justin Strawn, what time? Seven fifty-seven p.m. Totally reasonable. There you go. All right. Uh, the offense in twenty twenty will have to have production from players who have not proven they are capable. Who is the most likely candidate to actually do so? Oh. Most likely? Yeah. I, you got to say Osiris, don't you? He's the only guy coming back that's really done. That's not who I have to say. That's not who you have to say, but I, I'm just saying, if you don't pick Osiris, you have to go with somebody that hadn't done literally anything. So I guess I'll say Osiris, but I'm not confident. I'm going to go with Jaquavius Marks. Wow. I mean, I'm not saying he can't. But you're relying on a true freshman to be at running back. I feel okay. I okay. mean, it happens every year at other schools, at least. You know, where they don't have to master the uh, the pass blocking schemes. Uh, yeah, I-, I feel like Marks can come in from day one and be a contributor. Okay. So, I mean, I think he can contribute. Yeah. I don't know how much. We'll see. I mean, we. I don't know. This Joe Moorhead offense hadn't exactly been. Oh, I know. I know. Been a. Uh, I know. Uh, canvas for people to come in and paint masterpieces offensively. Right. So. State was 99th in the net before their game against Kent State. Now they're 80th. Does that give you more confidence they can climb the rankings? Yeah. And yeah. If, yeah. if they could somehow they, win this weekend, that would be huge. They would probably be in the 60s, you would think. You'd think. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, last one from Justin here. On a scale of 1 to 10, how off do you feel from Christmas Eve until New Year's Day? We sort of addressed that. I feel completely off. Totally off. And and my workout schedule has been off because the kids are out of school. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Alex McDaniel. I saw retweeted somebody last night and it said something to the effect of uh, ready for school to start back so somebody else can raise my kids yeah. or something like that. Uh, I kind of had a chuckle at that because, yeah. Uh, and then, and like, the weather's kind of been bad this week. Yeah, so I'm just, just stuck in the house with – and, and the wife's had to work a lot, so it's like me and Cal T and Cade, who I, you know, would give my life for. Don't misunderstand me. When you're stra- when you're stuck in the house with two kids, three and a half and under, for you know days, and it's raining and you can't really get outside. It's like I need some normal normalcy. Yeah, in my I, get, life. I, I get that. I totally get that. Uh, Cody Perkins, I had a four hour flight delay yesterday. With that being said, what's your worst travel experience? I have never had one where like planes got delayed or anything like that. I've been pretty lucky. Yeah, well, I've, I have flown not much in my life, so I can't, from an airplane standpoint, mm-hmm. I don't have much to go Our worst there. travel experience might be that drive back from Omaha to That was to, exactly uh, what I was about to say. That was a long, rainy drive. It was bad driving up to... Uh, and all you had to do on that trip was ride. I know. I offered to drive. <laughs> Joel T, the, the Terminator over there, didn't want to give up the wheel. Yeah, and, and, the, and I really am. I'm one that, like, I want to drive. I, yeah. I just I just like driving, whatever. I remember t- I fell asleep maybe 10 minutes outside of Omaha, and I woke back up maybe 30 minutes outside of Omaha. Felt completely refreshed. That 20-minute nap did me a lot of good. But I looked around, and, like, there was running water on two feet from the car. Yeah. And it wasn't a river. I'm, I'm not one that gives over the wheel, but if you'll recall, I gave over the wheel to Robbie. I was like, you did, yeah. I, after about eight hours of just driving in hail and so, wind and everything, I was like, the dude, drive, you got to take The over. drive Sunday from Vicksburg to Nashville was like that. It rained the whole way. Didn't you drive home from 
Auburn the day that like the like the deadly tornadoes came. I through? missed that by a few hours. Like I, I so you didn't see any. Of I that didn't weather. see the weather was bad. It rained. Yeah, but I didn't have any experiences where like. And then I got home and I was like, oh my god, I was there you know three hours ago, yeah. four hours ago. So, uh, Cody Perkins also wants to know how many conference wins does the men's team need to secure a tournament spot? They still have one more non-conference game, which is against Oklahoma. They have nine wins. I say if they win eleven more games total, so. 11 conference games or 10 conference games and beat Oklahoma, they would be in. Yeah. So you're saying get to 20. 20 wins this year with this schedule should be enough to get in. I think so. I think that's about right. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, do you have a live Christmas tree or a fake one? Fake. I uh, can't answer Mr. Swenson's question then on that. Uh, let's see here. Do you have you have a artificial tree? Yeah. My wife is allergic to uh, live trees. Can't have one in the house. Um. He also wants to know, he has a wrestling question. Uh, is Dark Order the Diet Coke version of The Undertaker's ministry of the 1990s and 2000s? They're like Post Malone, Eminem, but without talent or a shower. <laughs> not, not, Dark Order does nothing for me. So they have to bring somebody in who's a star. They need, And they, I think they, 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 they teased that last night. I don't know who that could be, though. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, Bray Wyatt's not coming. Yeah, <laughs> with Luke Harper isn't he a free agent? Yeah, could he have that? Does he have enough cachet to do that? The people that watch that show would know. would know who he is. Yeah. I mean, he's not bringing in outside fans, but right. but yeah, the people that watch AEW. Would I don't be know like, how he draws anything, but it would work. You know. All right, uh, Corey Sherman. With the possibility of Joe's coaching tenure coming to a close after next season. Do you think that Cohen's tenure as AD ends with Joe's, or do you think he gets one more hire at football coach? So let's, let's let's make the assumption that the first part of the statement is correct. That okay. We go through the 2020, 2020 season, season as Joe Moorhead is the head coach of Mississippi State. My guess, and you may feel differently, is that, that Cohen gets the next hire. That's my uh, guess. Yeah, uh, That feels right, but I would understand if it didn't happen. And, and look, I, I know that Cohen takes a beating sometimes, too. And, I mean, he's the AD. I'm not saying he's immune from taking that beating. Um, and I know that football is the cash cow and the face of the university and all that, but you do have to take into account that the, the other athletic programs are doing pretty well. You yeah. know, you, some, I mean, you've also got to take into account some of the stuff that you've talked about before on here, fan experience and stadium experience. All that. You have to take the, the whole picture in, into account. Right. My, but when I do that, my guess is, and I'm strictly almost guessing on this one, is that he would get another hire. Okay. Uh, this question is, our questions here come from Ford Polk. Wants to know, what are some things State can take advantage of against Auburn on Saturday? Auburn's a really good basketball team. I'm, their weaknesses are not readily apparent. I haven't looked too much at this game, obviously. I'm, I was sort of saving that for tomorrow. But the one thing that the, and he also asked about disadvantage i think one disadvantage is i don't think state's going to have a big home crowd to sort of carry him here you know school, school's not back in yet so that there that's possible but you know state beat auburn last year in uh, early in this early in the campaign before they really you know went off on their run in fact their their run sort of started when they beat state at auburn yeah um i don't think they lost again until they lost in the final four from that game so um Auburn shoots a lot of threes, and State gives up a lot of threes. So that's that's something to watch in that game for sure. Is, uh, uh, can State wins this game? Fans kind of back on board a little bit here. No, 
they got they got to have to rule off some some wins in a row. Okay, I think. Um, next two questions we've already sort of answered. Uh, do you make your own hamburger patties? Like, are you asking if I grind my own meat? I don't grind my own meat anymore. I used to do that. If you're talking about like buy and like mush them together, yeah, I mush them stuff, together. Yeah. yeah, I don't buy the pre-made patties. Yeah, I'm not part. a big. I mean, I've ate the pre-made patties before. Some of them, if you see them, well, I'm, right not, there, I'm not talking about like the, the kinds in the box either. I mean, they they sell yes, ground uh, beef. Yes, yeah. ground beef already. It's just it's just ground beef. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the NC Bulldog wants to know what character would Joe Moorhead be in Star Wars? Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. I mean, just size and... Yeah, he's got the size for it. What about Jar Jar Binks? Just gets in the way. <sighs> Jar Jar Binks. Is there any more annoying character in in Star Wars? In in the history of cinema, maybe not. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Cameron Barefoot, I'm just really unhappy with the football program. That's all. I'm very unhappy. Cameron, we're happy we could be here I kind of feel you. like you're not alone in that. Yeah. Uh... S. Bishop says, after this football season, will John Cohen and MSU have to give out free beer rather than sale beer to put fans in the stands? <sighs> you know, I don't know that selling beer is going to help attendance this coming Straight whiskey. I mean, well, like, we talked about that New Mexico game. Let's let's assume status quo, Joe Moorhead's head coach, 2020. Uh, you know, some, some staff changes here, there, and yonder. But, you know, same head coach program everybody's mood towards the program stays the same that new mexico game rolls around you've already said you think what the over under is about 27k yeah all right sell beer now how much does that increase attendance not not a whole 28k yeah if that i mean is that is that account for a thousand extra people no no so I I don't think that beer is the answer to, to get more more people in no, the stands no, next not, year. Not in this instance. Not in this instance. Uh, let's see here. Zach Johnson, should Moorhead and company, company implement a no social media policy during the season? What's your thoughts on that? I'm just – I'm not a fan of, of, of giving that strict of a regulation to 18 to 22-year-olds. Whenever their classmates can do it, and like, I mean, I, I do think that it needs to be stressed that you are a representative of Mississippi State when you're an athlete here. So watch what you say, watch what you do, and uh, yeah, you have freedom of speech, but just know that if you say something too stupid, I might not let you play the first quarter or something like that. You know, I, I think there needs to be some accountability for some of the if you're out there tweeting stupid stuff, but to just say. Tell these these kids, no, you can't have social media. You can't. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I agree with you 100. Uh, you know, you just got to tell them like you're allowed to be on social media, but there can be consequences for your action. Yeah. The whole point of of college and everything is to teach you to be a grown up, and that there are consequences to your actions. That's yeah. just how it should work. So yeah, I, I, I'm not a person who says censor these these guys, but you need to tell them, hey, if you make stupid mistakes, there's going to be there's going to be a problem. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if you and I were the athletic director, it's still Zach Johnson. At what point would we pull the plug on Moorhead? Well, you've already said that yeah, there may be, be time where the gamble's the I, smart I play. I would have been after the. Uh, I would have been after the egg ball. I've been done. I Even after been, the win. Yeah. If here, here's where I may not fully answer the question, but I'll try to. If I know that I have a coach that I like lined up, mm-hmm. then I do it. Now, but if you're doing it just to get rid of Moorhead and you're kind of like, well, who do we go for now? And you're not sold on that other guy, 
Mm-mm. I keep him. Yeah. I mean, you've got to. Yeah, you do it, have to feel like you have the right you guy. You've got to up. feel like you have the guy that you want. Otherwise, and, 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 you end up with the right And Ray. if right now, today, you can get that guy, I say you go get that guy. I agree. But if you don't have that guy, then you ride it out and cross your fingers and start praying that Joe Moorhead figures it out. All right. The Allegheny Boys tennis coach wants to know. For our first tennis practice of the season in February, I should I talk to my players about a championship standard or playing with unbelievable strain? Strain hope, seems to work better. Yeah, we hope to have another good season, and I want to set the appropriate tune. I would go with strain. <laughs> strain is where I would go. In, in my experience with covering this program, uh, strain definitely has led to more success than championship standards have. Yeah. So Strain it is. Get some straining. Play with great strain. Stephen Norris, how many games does Mississippi State have to win for Morehead to keep his job? Next year, seven. He's, if he's the head coach in 2020, he, if he wins seven games, he's completely safe. Completely I, I safe. think I agree with you there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Christopher Turner, I see Matt Luke coaching Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Is he double dipping? If so, coffee for him. Yeah, Matt Luke gets a cup of coffee. He can have some coffee. He closed it out. He's getting money from Ole Miss and from Georgia. Congrats. That's living the life. What if I told you in August that Matt Luke would have a sugar bowl ring? Yeah? Yeah. Congrats to Matt Luke. Good job. Uh, Trent Mosley wants to know, when is the last time a head coach turned a program around about after being forced to make changes by his athletic director? You don't hear about that very often. No, you don't. You know, like, you're going to do this, this, and this. I mean, for the most part, what does an athletic director know about football? You know? I, I've always said if you've got to force your head coach to to do stuff, then you got to get rid of your head coach. Yeah. That's just my, my opinion on it. But. Yeah, because he should be smart enough to do those things himself. He shouldn't yeah. have to if, be told. If, you, if you've got to go in there and tell him to do it, yeah, then you need somebody that you don't have to tell to do it. I agree. Also wants to know, so does Trent Mosley, aside from Skip Bertman, when has a former coach been an undisputed success as an athletic director? I don't know a lot of former coaches. You know, uh, Tom Osborne was the athletic director at, at uh, Nebraska for a while. Ray Tanner. Yeah, but I mean, is that an undisputed success? Their baseball program has fallen apart since he left. What's his name at uh, Wisconsin? Barry Alvarez is a good example. Yeah, been really good up there. But yeah, I mean, we say that. I mean, I guess yeah, they've been good in football and basketball. I don't think they even. I don't even think they have baseball because you know it's just they can't play for the first two months of the year. Phil Fulmer. <laughs> <laughs> the bully believer wants to know if we got a dollar for every time a fan sent us a mad online tweet about football and basketball over the last eight years. What could you buy with the Woo. money? Buddy, Christmas would have been great. Man, I'd, I'd be living in a much night. I wouldn't have this job at this point. I would have retired to a beautiful Caribbean island. So, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine the filtering through the tweets that like Moorhead or some of those guys get. Mm-hmm. Because you and I, I mean, we're right there in that nine to ten thousand Twitter follower range, yeah. and we still get a lot of crap. I mean, just think Moorhead put out that Happy New Year tweet yesterday. Oh, I've read. If you got that. a dollar for every one, he'd have he'd have probably easily gotten like a thousand dollars. Yeah, thousand dollars just for one tweet. If I if that were the case, if I'm Joe Moorhead, I'm tweeting every day, two mm. three times a day, and I'm I'm making them as obvious as I can. Can't wait to get back to work. Stuff like that. Uh, Dan Glenn says on the things that are true, you mentioned the memorable moments of 2014 compared to the memorable moment of 2019, about 15 through 18. 15, the Arkansas game. That's the first. Thing That's that the comes first to mind thing that should come to mind. Yeah, that that beating that that the crazy win at Arkansas. Um, I'm trying to think, is there another one just right off the top of my head? That's probably the one. Um, 16, it's the Egg Bowl again. Egg Bowl. Running all over Ole Miss. Yep. 17, uh, I think it's beating LSU to a pulp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 18, there's not really a great one. I mean, beating Auburn was a good win. 
it's probably beating Ole Miss and just really beating them down in their, in their home stadium again. That's probably the most memorable moment. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. Another one here. Landrum Walls. What must happen this baseball season for our dream to finally come true? A national championship. Uh, they must get to Omaha and win it. <laughs> so, so we don't we we don't do that here. I know. Uh, I, I I think that it boils down to, and we've already talked about the two guys. If McLeod and Sarantola solidify that Saturday Sunday, because you feel like Ginn's going to be really darn good on Friday. If if McLeod and Sarantola make that a, a, just a one two three, because I think that that could be a pretty doggone dominant one two three if they all click. If that happens, State's got a darn good. You get to Omaha and have three legit starters, man. It's tough to pitching wins in the postseason in Major League Baseball. Pitching can win in Omaha too. So I, I feel like if those two click, not only is that big for the rotation, but a bullpen that has question marks, you start to decrease the number of question marks because you have a starting staff working into the sixth, seventh inning. So you don't need as many answers in the pen. So, I, to me, it all boils down to McLeod and Sarantola and what they do. I think it's more about the bullpen, to be totally honest with you, just because I don't know. Like, we we, all, we know Sarantola and McLeod. We know those names. What names do we know in the bullpen? Well, the, that's what I'm saying, though. If McLeod and Sarantola click, you don't have to know as many names. I agree with that, but it's college baseball. They're going to be relievers. You, you're not This isn't. You're not going to get complete games yeah. out of guys. So, I mean, who? I mean, who's the closer? Who's the closer? You, know, you don't know the answer yeah, to that. Right it could now. have been Brandon Smith, but now he's yeah, not going to play at all. So. So. I think I think the bullpen to me is the biggest question mark. Uh, David Sweeney. Players beg fans for to follow them, but then they don't want any criticism. Is shut up and cheer the same as shut up and dribble? That's a good question. Because we always hear about we don't want players giving us their opinion on politics, which I don't, again, I don't care if players give their Your Twitter is your Twitter. You're allowed to say whatever you want. Yeah, that's your house. But it's a good point in that. We tell players, hey, we don't want to hear your opinion, and then fan, they turn around and tell, tell fans, hey, we don't want to hear your opinion. So it's, it's really a vicious cycle. What I would do is do what I do. I don't follow any players. I don't care what they have to say. The only time I care what a player has to say is when they're answering the questions I ask them. Yeah, and you can always not follow them and go look at their timeline if you want to see what they say. Exactly. I, I, I Assuming don't, it's not I don't really care, and this isn't even a player. I don't really care what 18- to 21-year-olds have to say about anything. I just don't care. Yeah, I'm, and, and I'm 44. I don't care what their, their opinion is. And there are some guys, some that I actually like. I mean, I like Colin Hill. Yeah. I mean, I've known him but a little bit. But I don't care what he's school. got to say about just but about any I'm just topic. saying that, like, on Twitter, Colin Hill is a friggin' roller coaster, man. And he has been since since his high school days. Jamal Peters was another guy. Been a friggin' roller coaster since his high school days on Twitter. They are uh, very emotional, attention seeking, look at me kind of folks on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They've just always been that. Yeah. And uh, so don't judge anything based upon the Twitter accounts of of, right. of these guys. Uh, we got another question here, same from uh, also from David Sweeney. Why do fans feel that everyone should agree with their ideas about the program? Our fan base seems like they hate each other. Again, this got to take that into account. That's a small. That's just your message board Twitter fans. Can I say this though? Since yeah. the bowl game, mm-hmm. seems pretty united. There's still some folks who aren't. Oh, my bad. That's fine. There's still, still still some folks that are like that, but. It is very contentious. There is a large portion of MSU fans on message boards anyway that are just 
they don't care what happens at the university. The university, whatever is happening, is good. They'll, you know, I'm going to support Joe Moorhead as long as he's the head coach. Well, there's a difference between supporting him and saying, look, we could do better than this guy. Yeah. And it's, it's always – they have more of an affection for the employees of the university than the actual university, I feel. You know, yeah. we, don't, we, we want what's best for Joe Moorhead, not what's best for Mississippi State. That doesn't make any sense. So, uh, let's see here. Who's got our next question? Peyton Stewart. As an MSU senior who has grown up going to every state sporting event and gone to eight away games during college and lost nearly all of them, <laughs> most of them by a lot, why do I continue to go to away games? Peyton? It's more, it's more than just the winner loss. Exactly. Let, me, let me answer your question as a 44-year-old man who went to a lot of away games when he was in college. I've been to Gainesville, Columbia, Athens, Auburn, Tuscaloosa, Oxford, Baton Rouge. College. You know, I've been to all those uh, places. And I saw a lot of losses. I'll go ahead and promise you that. It's more about the fun that you have. You know, I, I went to Athens, Georgia in 1997. State lost 47 to nothing. But I had a great time. You know, it's more about, you know, and we, my, my friends, we still laugh about the stories from that weekend 22, 23 years later. So it's more about the life you're living there. You know, you'll be just as pissed off if you sat at home and watched them lose. Yeah. At least you can go out and have a good time. Yeah, you can you see know. some cool places. Yeah, it's fun. You should do that. Leighton Sheremy wants to know, who has the best uniforms in the Southeastern Conference in any sport? I mean, I know it's, I know they don't like them all that much, but I love the LSU purple uniforms. The purple uniforms? Yeah, they they don't, you know, they want to wear white, but I like the purple. I'm not a big fan of those at all. I like them. Really? Okay. Well, I like the white, too. I like their color scheme. I like the purple and gold. I like, for, uh, for football, Alabama's are just classic. They work for me. Um, basketball, they're not, there's not one that stands out for me at all. Baseball, obviously, the classic M over S is a good look. I like the Ole Miss powder blues. They don't bother me. I think they remind me of the 82 Cardinals. But um, I love the LSU, the gold jersey that just says Tigers across the front. I'm a big fan of that. Um, nobody else is really you know, going to stand out there, to my, in my opinion. Um, I like the... Uh the Mississippi State, they, they, I don't guess they wore them this year, but they were wearing them the day that McNamee walked off FSU. Mm-hmm. The pinstripe with the cursive state is all I like set those. across. Yeah. I like the 85 look, too, the Mississippi yeah, State. I'm a big fan of that, too. So, State baseball has some good uniforms. They Adidas really has figured it out from the time when they were not good to now. Yeah. They, they, they've put it together. And part of this is, is just the emotional connection I have to state baseball and chasing, you know, tracing it back to my childhood. But that M over S logo, to me... That is, that that's my favorite logo yeah. in the SEC. <laughs> it's, is, is State the only school that has a distinctive baseball logo? Uh, I guess LSU does, but I mean LSU doesn't have like they don't have the same logo from football to basketball either. They have like a logo for every sport. State has the M over S or the M State, and then they have the M over S. I mean State has a distinctive here is our baseball logo, yeah. and it's different than anything else. Yeah, and nobody and else. I don't know if anybody else has that. Yeah. I, and, and they may. I'm not saying they don't, but yeah. nothing's jumping to mind. All right. Kayla Brown wants to know, realistically, what excuse me, splash higher on offense would it take for you guys to get excited about football for next season? So what, what this is, we have to set this up with a parameter that Joe Moorhead announces, I'm hiring this guy, and I am giving him complete control of the offense. I am, I am going to step back. You know, I'll still have input. But he's calling plays on game day. So I maintain still that stupid 
I agree that that's stupid. I mean, that, you hired him to run the offense. I, no, I'm agree. You're not going to let him run the offense. You but need to fire. If there's somebody that he could hire and you bring him, okay. Now, I don't think that Joe Brady's the answer here because I don't think LSU's going to let him get away. No, but he would be the. He would create excitement. He would, and that would be a huge win for Mississippi State to take him from LSU. Um, so that's an answer. Um, I'm just trying to think, like who in, in, is in college football right now that's running a, an innovative, you know, like Jeff Scott, the, the Clemson coordinator, just went to uh, South Florida as the head coach there. Um, I don't know who the offensive coordinator is at, at Oklahoma. At a, I'm sorry, at Ohio State. I assume Ryan Day has a big part in that. Lincoln Riley calls the plays. You know, Shane Beamer is his co-offensive coordinator, but I, that's Lincoln Riley's offense. Yeah. So I don't know that there is one beyond Brady. To be totally honest with you, Sean Payton, I guess, would be a good example. The only thing that's really gonna the only thing that's going to return some excitement to Mississippi State football in 2020 mm-hmm. is making the big move. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that's really where you're at. And I'm not saying I'm not even advocating for that or saying that's the right move or or whatever. But the only thing that's going to turn the apathy around is that. Yeah. Ian Ladner wants to know: Would this year's Joe Moorhead team beat any Dan Mullen teams? I think they could beat the 16 team. Big game. Yeah, be interesting. Because, I mean, that team had Peter Sermon as the defensive The worst course. defense versus the worst offense. I don't care how, how much Joe Moore's offense has struggled. He'd move the ball on Peter Sermon. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and when State moves the ball, when Joe Moorhead has moved the ball, State wins the game. It's just that hadn't happened much. Here's a question that I don't, I don't agree with. He says that Joe is, is Joe, Chris Purnell, is Joe a narcissist that he just can't see that he's not a good coach? Is that why he blames others when he fails? No. I, I, I don't think he blames I don't others. Think he, I don't either. I he think gets he there every, every week and says, it's my fault. Point I got to fix thumb, it. thumb, not the finger. And, and he and does I know. That. The problem is, nothing ever gets fixed. Yeah. Look, guys, you've heard me say it a bunch, and it is the truth. Brian would attest. He said it on the show the other day. From a person standpoint, I don't think Joe Moorhead has many flaws. I think he takes accountability. Um, I think that, you know, he is a genuinely good dude. I, I honestly think that. It is, I don't think he has any narcissistic qualities or anything like that. I just think that right now he, he might, and I'm going to say might because he may be retained and come out next year, guns blazing. Who knows? I, I'm not expecting that, but hey, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt if he comes back that there's at least the chance that could happen. Um, but I, I don't think that from a personal standpoint he has that many just bad qualities. He, he, he's a good dude that might be in over his head in the SEC. All right. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I agree. But I don't think it's narcissism. No, I don't think it's narcissism. He does a great, he does a great job of taking He just might not be a good head football coach yeah. in the SEC. He takes responsibility. He just doesn't need to fix anything. Uh, Whit McAnally, why does it hurt so bad to be a state fan 90% of the time? Everybody hurts. <laughs> Sometimes everybody cries. I mean, just you know, this this is the business we have chosen. I mean, it might hurt more now than it has at any point in history, because you've kind of tasted the mountaintop a little bit in pretty much every. Well, maybe not men's basketball, but right in pretty much every sport, you've kind of been to the mountaintop. You've been to the Final Four in men's basketball. Yeah, it's been. Been a while, but twenty-four years now, man. I'm just Good saying. gosh, man, that's been a quarter century ago almost. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago, but I guess Why it don't was. you just shut up over there? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Will Caruth, if you were the head football coach, how would you motivate your players to play in bowl games, not the playoffs? I mean, for ninety percent of the teams out there, the bowl game is is the goal, right? You know, they're not playing for the playoffs. 
Like, the only coaches who really have to do – think about this past week, right? What coaches had to motivate their teams who thought they could be in the playoffs? Kirby Smart? Maybe Mario Cristobal? That's about it. That's about it. You know, maybe Kyle Whittingham a little bit. But yeah. for the most part, that's – you know, that's – it's just – people – we can talk about games being meaningless, but when you get to the field and you're in the locker, you want to win at that point. Yeah. You want to win. Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. saw an example of that. I was standing down there by him when, when Darrell Williams got hurt the other day yeah. in pregame warm-ups. And uh, if ever there was a situation where a senior might be like, all right, I'm just not going to play in the game, that could have been it. Because, I mean, yeah. his knee was – he was in obvious pain. And not only did he start – I mean, he started and played the whole game. You know, that was a perfect situation where he could have – I mean, that, that guy wanted to play one last time for State and wanted to win. That also, to me, though, is an example of why I don't blame guys for not wanting to play in the bowl game because that could have been a torn ACL or whatever and ended any hope of being a, a draft pick. Now, I don't know if Darrell Williams would be a high draft pick or not, but I can fully understand that play, some players don't want to take that risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw Kylan Hill get hurt on the first play of the game after he's already announced that he's going to the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that's not official yet, by the way, because he hadn't signed with anybody or whatever, right. so I guess he can come back. But you saw a couple of examples there of, A, a guy that just wanted to play in the last game so bad that even if he hurt, he was going to play. And uh, with Dantzler and some of the other guys, you can kind of understand why they didn't play because you're just one thing away from costing yourself a lot of money. So yeah. I, I don't hate guys, whatever decision they make. Yeah. Robert Templeton asks, any way you can cancel the awful intro that's been added to the pod? Hey, no. That intro's great. What I are you like talking about? Intro. You're the only person who hasn't liked it so far. Yeah. And I, maybe he doesn't like it. You can the, always, you know, skip ahead 30 seconds. Maybe he doesn't like the, the joke quote in it. But he can get over it. But uh, everybody does need a little thunder. And light, uh, it's, it's, it's that tr- may be the truest thing Joe Moorhead said in the last two years. That's right. Uh, let's see here. Andy Atkinson, Double A, wants to know what is your fantasy Memphis wrestling match, and why is it intergender, intergender champion Andy Kaufman versus Awesome Kong? <laughs> that is why. That is that. Yes, yeah, so I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, there's. I don't know if you saw that. There's going to be a tribute to the legends the of legend Memphis, Memphis wrestling at this show we're going to next week. Jerry now, Lawler, come on down. Surely Jerry Lawler, it can't be coming. Can't. So, superstar Bill Dundee. Maybe. Dirty Dutch Mantel, is he still with uh, WWE? Surely I don't think him so. Go. I don't so think maybe so. him? You can't put him and Swagger out there at the same time, though. Because uh, that's right, you get yeah, the... get people. Yeah, they have to do something like that. Uh, what about... Uh, I'd love for them to have the Punisher. Swagger. That, Hager, I guess now. I'd love them to have the Punisher, because that's the Undertaker. <laughs> Could they have... Who was... Uh, I forget what his name was when in Memphis, but he was he became uh, the Godfather. Oh, yeah, because he teamed up with Taker he in Memphis. Team, yeah. um, oh, I can't remember what his name was. Austin was in Memphis, too, for a while. He won't be there, though. Yeah. Now, I, I, now you got to know. Ta- Taker you? was talking about it the other yeah, day yeah. On, that, on that show with Austin. Um, yeah, I got to look. I, I, I want to know the answer, so we'll move on while we uh, do that. Uh, let's see here. Preston Coates wants three good reasons to be positive about next football season. Um, we think the defense is going to be pretty good. Yeah. The offensive line should be pretty good. They have recruited well there. And Garrett Schrader is a good quarterback. Soul taker. The soul taker. There you go. Uh, so there's, there's three reasons right there. Garrett Schrader, good quarterback, good defense. What was the other one? Offensive line should be good. Yeah. Yeah, even losing Darrell Williams. Uh, let's see here. Alex Barham wants to know, 
I hope that I'm wrong, but how does anyone think that these JUCO wide receivers who couldn't qualify out of high school could come in and Joe and grasp Joe Moorhead's overcomplicated offense? That is a good question. That's a very fair, reasonable question, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he also wants to know what your favorite appetizer is at any Starkville restaurant. Uh you know, I, I'm so terrible at these questions because I like a lot of things. I'm just not a good food ranker, but um the, one of the more recent ones I've had that I really loved was at Dave's the other night, the pork rind nachos. Pork rinds and queso. Yeah. That's a great combination. Uh, my favorite appetizer in the, in the city is uh, the smoked wings at Two Brothers. They're the best. Uh, let's see here. Mr. Snappy Comeback wants to know, did you get? Did you go to the Opryland Hotel? Uh, no. Uh, I no. didn't either. I didn't have any reason no. to. So. Okay, never mind then. Uh, Harlan Whittington says, there's going to be a lot of venting. And that'll fill up the rest of the week. And you're right. <laughs> um, there really hadn't been as much venting as I thought. It hasn't been, been as much, yeah. Uh, the backwards deplorable. It's been a few years since that election. Maybe you could change your name. I don't know. Uh, why do you use the? Why do we use the entire play clock when the QB looks to the guru for every play? Why no tempo ever? This is a question we've been asking all year. All year we've been asking that question. Don't know the answer. Uh, let's see here. Ethan Foster says, I hate that my comment about the Santa Claus offended you so, but I stand by it. Let amends be made. My main point, how can just can we just talk about how Bama fans will try and upset MSU fans by mentioning that our record was six and seven? Then that's news to us. Sorry, a rant only. Who's Alabama fans are talking smack to MSU fans? That what are they doing with their lives? I mean, if get over it. Yeah, I mean Alabama has no need to talk smack to MSU fans because state has not beaten Alabama in a yeah. dozen years. Why? So. Who are talking to state fans? I have no idea. Let's see here. Uh, PJLB, just the sleepy dog is what it says. After watching Kentucky's bowl, but I, I can't figure out how they have a coaching staff that completely changed their offensive philosophy because of the personnel change. But our coaches continue to try to fit a square peg in a round hole. It's Why kinda, don't they adjust to our strengths? It's kind of like Mark Stoops, kind of is a pretty good coach. He would rather win somebody else's way. Than lose. Yeah. He realized, he said, look, this is the, the best guy we got. Let's put the ball into his hands and see what happens. We'll roll the dice. And it worked. It worked. Let's see here. Chris King, Willie Gay or Errol Thompson going pro? Uh, don't know the answer to this question. My my first instinct is no, but... Uh, we'll see. I, I don't. If you made me guess, I'd say no. I agree. I, I think I think both of them will be back for twenty twenty. And I think you probably get some clarity on that in the next week or so, probably. Yeah, you definitely would. Let's see here. Uh, I just saw a question. Going through just some comments here. Did you see? Did you see? I had a parody account today. Yeah, and I looked and like. When you mentioned it, the tweet had been deleted. So, yeah. I, what, what did it say? It said that Joe Moore had, had been let go. But I had spoken to John Cohen, and um, that he had, I, he had said he was letting. I had go. no idea what it said, but I saw that you mentioned that. And then the guy he went you. back to uh, his his normal self there. Uh, I just okay, Gil Bonner. Here it is. What do you make of Isaiah Zuber? Two straight years of good production at Case Kansas State, and could have been our best receiver this year but could even find playing time. Could a different coach or scheme elevate the rest of the skill position talent on the roster? Well, the answer to your second question is, yes. you better hope. Better hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we doing here? But I think it's a two-part part thing, I think, for Zuber. One, Big 12, a lot of offense in that conference. And then here, 
not a good offense. If, if Zuber had transferred to LSU, he would have had a monster season. Simple as that. LSU did not need Isaiah Zuber. Did not need him. I'm just giving him. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But I think it's fair. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jeremy B., it seems like the MSU media had the wool over their eyes after Moorhead gave a brief demo of his offensive system early this season. Has that goodwill faded among the media? Do you think some media gave him a pass because he did the demo and has a journalism background? It, it's, it's not Moorhead I'm giving the pass to. It's some of the players trying to learn some of that. Right. We, I think we came and said that after, the, after we went. We're like, that is a – like, how does that work? Yeah. You know, I mean, watching it, I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Like, I'm trying to watch this. I'm like, they have to process this information – with people running at them. Yeah, everybody, including the offensive line. And, and man, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate Joe Moorhead allowing us to do that. And if he's still here, I hope he lets us do it again. And maybe we can have more time with it. Because, I mean, that is, I mean, it's informative. I feel like I learned something. Um, but, I, I mean, looking back on that, and he could maybe tell me where I'm wrong, but I almost look at that as, like, can you not simplify it a little bit? Yeah, like that—that's kind of my question. Thinking back on it, is could the offense be more successful if you would simplify it a little bit? His response to that might be, "Well, it, you know, it worked at Fordham, it worked at Penn State, right. and all that whole nine yards." But hey, two years ain't working here. Yeah. So, right. is there anything you can do to simplify it and maybe aid the offense? But I don't think that we've, you know, defended Moorhead because of that coach talk. We're talking all year about him. Yeah, uh, I, I really do feel like, if anything, it makes me give a pass to the players, like I said, trying to learn some of that complicated stuff. Patrick Caro wants to know, is it too late for the athletic department to run a Black Friday sale? Buy any general admission baseball ticket, get a free ticket to the New Mexico State football game. <laughs> I don't guess it's ever too late. They could do like a, well, I, know, I was going to say like a Christmas in July thing, by then baseball's over. They, are re- they really are going to have to do something like, hey, get, if we check in on your ticket, you get like a thousand Bulldog Club points or something to go to the New Mexico. They're gonna have to make somebody. They're gonna have to, especially if there's no new head coach. They're gonna have to make people want to show up. If there is a new head coach, maybe a sellout. It's a little different then, yeah. Obviously, uh, we got two questions here from two of our more loyal listeners. Justin Strawn came back in with a, hey. with a question one hour ago, so one thirty p.m. He's working in the p.m.s. I like that. Uh, and then Ryan Nelson. They both want to get our opinion on what Ole Miss is doing hiring DJ Durkin. I'm gonna have to talk a lot about this. In about 30 minutes from real time now, when I go on Sports Talk Mississippi, no quick question about that. It'll be the big topic of the day. I, I just I can't get over the idea that he's going to be allowed to coach again. There's just there's enough jobs out there. He could go get another job. And there just needs to be sort of an idea that if you were a head coach and a player died on your watch because of the system you put into place, you're just not allowed to be a coach again. You're just not. Did you see Dan Wilkins' tweets on this? Yeah, he's not a big fan of it. And and he was talking about how... Keith, Nobody is, by the way. Yeah, he was talking about how Keith Carter is so early into his tenure... Sort of drunk with power. That Yeah, and, and he, ha- he doesn't feel like... he He's kind of going like double birds to the to everybody at this point. We'll yeah. do what we want to kind of thing. And he's not saying no to Lane Kiffin and things. And I don't know that I always agree with Dan Walken and his takes, but I don't know, man. This is a... To say this is a questionable thing to allow... Mm-hmm. Maybe the under well, we're only two days in. It's the understatement of the year. That's I don't know that. Uh, well, I do know that if I'm the AD, this is not a hire that I would rubber stamp and approve. But hey, I, I, I'm not the one that investigated and looked into DJ Durkin. But how much do you got to do to see 
that yeah. this may not be a move. There, there, there are enough other coaches out there that you don't have to bring this kind of heat upon yourself. You know, I, 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 Dirk is a defensive coach, so I guess he's coaching D line or linebackers, whatever. There are other coaches that could do this, and you don't have to put up with this kind of PR firestorm. He's not that much better than any of them. Mm-mm. He's just not. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible, terrible decision by mm-hmm. Ole Miss. I don't, I don't think it will end well. No, you know, but and it's not going to happen. He's not. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to die. Well, I, that's what I like. God forbid, man. I, this, the, how terrible would that be if that happened again? And he's on staff. I mean, it wouldn't be his fault, probably, but just the optics of that and think, God, let's just hope that doesn't even happen. But right. bottom line, I don't know how. But that's, that's the allowed. risk you take. You take the risk that if there is a tragedy, we are going to look like idiots. Everybody is. And going it doesn't to even have to be somebody job. dying. It just could be something right stupid. You no, know? I agree. But I don't know. I don't see how when you talk about pros and cons and that sort of stuff, the pros do not outweigh the cons in right. this instance to me in any shape, form, or fashion. But I agree. I agree. Be All interesting right. to see how some change their tune. Oh, that, that's happening. Don't 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 worry about that. All right. Back with you on Monday. We'll recap. I guess we're not going to have a chance to really talk about this Auburn because this is our last pod of the day, but uh, or the week of the week. Yeah. But uh, Auburn and uh, Mississippi State at seven seven o'clock. That's three thirty, I think. Is it three thirty? It's afternoon. I'm glad I knew that. It's good information to have. It's three or three thirty. I want to say three thirty. All right. Well, regardless of when it is, we'll be there. Yes, we will. And uh, we'll talk about that on Monday. Plus, maybe some more stuff to talk about. You just don't ever know. Yeah. Only you know, say, only that's for sure about Thunder and Lightning? It is nothing's for sure. I will say this. There's enough happening that I'm going to probably be on the phone some more the next couple of days between now and then. So, ah, keep your eyes peeled. Nothing may happen, but something could happen. There's that. I don't know if that's breaking news because that ain't news, but just pay attention. That's all I'll say. We'll see. All right, guys. Talk to you again uh, on Monday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Hayden. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.